Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about the evolution of blended threats. It's my privilege to be joined by Chester Wisniewski, Principal Research Scientist with Sophos. Chet, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, Chet, we've spoken before about the blended threat. What trends are you seeing in recent attacks? Well, really, the, the trend is that, you know, the, the more skilled criminals out there, you know, there's always been a, a pretty wide variety of criminals. And you hear people referring to some of the less skilled people as uh, script kiddies or skiddies and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, it causes a lot of harm and a lot of money and financial losses. But uh, it wasn't terribly well organized when it came to the, the opportunistic criminals that are just, you know, spamming us and sending out the the random ransomwares and, and password stealers and stuff. And it, it seems that the, the real change that we're, we're seeing, particularly here in 2019, is the, the, the more talented end of the spectrum are separating themselves from the masses and, and kind of moving forward like criminal penetration testers. And sadly, most organizations aren't very well prepared to defend themselves against a, a human adversary. So to follow up on that, Chip, why do these blended attacks pose such a significant threat to enterprises? Well, you know, the, the challenge is uh, you're, you're really trying to make sure that all the doors and windows are locked, right? And we're also in transition to the cloud, and that's complicating things. So there, there's, there's a lot of moving parts, and it's incredibly hard for an organization to make sure that there's no open holes. Just if you think about something like patching, you know, we talk about it and go, well, you, you, know, you should patch everything. Even that's hard, and, and even if you do it, it's not necessarily enough to protect you. And, and there's, you know, there's the human element, the poorly chosen passwords and the opening of documents. And there's, there's a million moving parts in most big organizations. And so it, it means the strategy can't be entirely about prevention. I mean, everybody wants to prevent a breach or an attack from happening. But the truth of the matter is with that many moving parts, an attack is inevitable, and it's, it's inevitable that it will probably breach some defense somewhere. So there's a real shift toward detection and response as opposed to entirely prevention. And uh, I think organizations need to very carefully look at you know, their strategy to go, do we know how we would detect if our defenses failed, aside from a ransom note being left on the counter? And if we did detect it, do we have a plan? Do we know what we're going to do? Like, we know what we're going to do when there's a fire. You know, we may know what we're going to do if there's a hurricane or a tornado, depending what part of the, the country you live in. Do you know what you're going to do when you detect the breach and how you're going to respond to it? Chad, talk to me about the adversary's perspective. Why are these blended attacks so lucrative for them? Well, it's, it's the, the, the human machines coming together, you know, to be something more powerful than either one was independently. And then that works for us on the, on the defense side as well as for the criminals, right? From the criminal's perspective, they're using automation to find people who maybe haven't locked all the doors and windows so that they can do it at scale. So that, you know, obviously the automation benefits them there. But then they shift into manual mode where a human being then comes into your organization and identifies the critical assets, right? Most of us probably are not willing to pay a $300,000 ransom if the janitor's laptop is ransomed, right? Uh, but we probably are willing to pay a $300,000 ransom if the ERP database or the CRM database or something critical to our business operation is being held 
hostage. And that human element is the key to, to making it incredibly profitable to the, the criminals, right? Historically, they just spammed ransomware into your, you know, your inbox and hoped that they maybe got an executive or they got the corporate lawyer or somebody important enough that you'd pay the $500, $700, whatever it would be to, to get that computer back. When the humans are involved, they go, right, we're going to spend a day kind of casing the joint like a burglar would uh, a house and go, these are where the jewels are, right? The, the corporate data is on these SQL servers or it's on this web server or, you know, wherever the critical asset is. I'm just going to ransom that thing because that one thing I can get hundreds of thousands of dollars for as opposed to some random person's laptop and just hoping that they're important enough that you pay. So, Chet, listening to you, it's clear that the adversaries have upped their game. What can their targets do to up their game to avoid being targets in the first place? Well, I think one one thing that uh, goes a long way toward helping is understanding what normal is so you can start to spot those anomalies. What you're really looking for when a human's involved is something changing unexpectedly that's not part of a normal pattern. And most organizations, in my experience, don't know what normal looks like. They're, they're so busy putting out fires and running around and worrying about imaging laptops and patching things that they don't have an ability to sort of monitor the network and monitor the behavior of their systems to know that something is different today than it was yesterday. So I think uh, an investment in understanding what normal is and what a baseline of, of, of predictable activity is really goes a long way to helping detect earlier that something's gone wrong. Uh, it, 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 it really depends partly on, of course, the, the, the types of attacks you're trying to defend against. But, you know, we've seen over and over again in, in independent reports, like the report that the Verizon publishes every year, their data breach investigation report, uh, shows that, you know, companies are not finding that they're breached sometimes for 100 days, 140 days, 180 days. You know, that long time period of not knowing something's wrong is because they don't know what normal is. They can't spot that something's abnormal. So I think, uh, you know, looking at those things, looking at machine learning, artificial intelligence can help with this stuff as well. You know, we talk about the criminals combining automation and humans to get a, a more successful attack or a more profitable attack for the criminals. We're in the same position on the defensive side, right? Like we, you know, if you, you start to know what that normal is, then you can start using some of this technology to look for the abnormal in these huge quantities of data that human beings just can't do. The problem is the machine doesn't know what to do when it finds it. And it also maybe makes mistakes uh, falsely identifying things, which is a real problem with uh, uh, deep learning and machine intelligence for a lot of products. But the human beings are really good at knowing which thing is something to worry about and which thing is an anomaly, right? So when you combine the human and the machine again, the machine can deal with the giant volumes of data you've got coming into your scene, coming into your sock, you know, wherever you're co co uh, coalescing or collating all your data, the machines sort through the data, find the interesting bits. The humans decide which bits of the interesting bits are ones worth pursuing and ones worth not pursuing. And you're starting to now leverage the same benefit the criminal's leveraging, which is Humans are good at this one thing. Machines are good at this other thing. You put the two together, you end up with a more positive result. So let's start with that baseline and getting a sense of what normal looks like. Working on that, how can organizations become more mature, both in preparedness and in response? Well, it's really dependent on the kind of organization and what type of data you're trying to protect. And so uh, I don't want to suggest there's a a universal roadmap per se, uh, you really need to look at your business processes and understand what types of information, where your risks are to, to 
to figure out what that strategy is going to be. For a lot of organizations, um, the easiest place to start with is looking at things like identity and authentication. We know that criminals abuse stolen passwords. We know that they abuse stolen credentials. One of the first things they do when they break into a system is to try to steal more credentials uh, from other people logging into the systems they breach so that they, they can you know, move laterally through the network and, and take on other people's identities. So I think a good place to, to begin that process is often looking at those authentication behaviors. Um, you know, I, I, I travel a lot in my job at Sophos. I, I'm fortunate enough to go around the world and, and get to talk to people and learn from them about what they're doing to defend their networks. And as part of that, you know, it's normal for me to pop up one day in China and three days later in, in Australia. But what's not normal is for me to pop up in China the same day I pop up in Vancouver. Right. And so looking for those types of things can be a good place to begin an analysis. And as you get more sophisticated, uh, you know, you could start uh, combining that information with things that you're seeing on the network. Um, it's really about, you know, bringing together a complete picture and not having silos of information that are not communicating. And, and you know, our, one of our strategies in, in our product lines is getting, you know, networks to talk to endpoints, to talk to, you know, email filters, to talk to web filters, all these kinds of things, because the more inputs we have into the understanding what normal is, the more of a clear picture we get and the more easily it is, the, you know, more easily capable of spotting the things that are that are wrong, right? So trying to eliminate those information silos and, and starting off with small bites and building up. Chad, talk to me a little bit more about Sophos. What are you doing to help your customers respond both to the rise and the evolution of the blended threats you've talked about with me today? Well, of course, obviously, our goal as a, a being in the industry for 30 plus years has always been to try to prevent as much as possible of these things from ever happening. But we also know that no matter how hard we work, we're, we're never going to be 100% effective at that and, and people are going to have incidents. So the issue for a lot of organizations is that they don't have a dedicated security team. They don't have a lot of uh, staff sitting at the ready to respond to these incidents. Uh, or if they do, they're often overworked or they don't have enough of those staff. And so we're trying to figure out, one, how do we take enterprise-grade solutions that you might think that you would use in a defense contractor or those types of organizations? How do we bring that level of defense down to the small and the mid-market company? Because those small and mid-market companies don't have the expertise necessarily to uh, operate those uh, enterprise-grade tools, and they also probably don't have the staff that necessarily understands how to interpret a lot of the data. People are uh, being asked to wear a lot of hats in, in IT departments and in mid-sized organizations. And so can we take enterprise quality stuff and make it accessible to that group where they can actually take advantage of it without having to uh, uh, hire a specific person with training on it or, or you know, take a college course in how to operate it. Uh, the other component, I think, is uh, outsourcing some of that intelligence to us just because of the quantity and complexity of it. And, you know, the days of having your own in-house malware expert on uh, the latest, you know, threat and understanding it in and out is almost impossible now for people outside of the industry. It's, going, it's grown so complicated and it's grown so fast moving that uh, individuals have a very difficult time keeping up if they don't have a, a research team like, uh, like security vendors have. So what can we do to make our people basically a virtual uh, lab for our customers? You know, how do we make Sophos Labs intelligence available to those small and mid-market companies as if they had in-house expertise, but 
allow us to perform that as a service for them. So, you know, we just recently did an acquisition of an MDR vendor to provide uh, managed detection response for organizations that want that. But we also provide our intelligence, right? We, we, you know, you can you can get the data from our labs through an API if you want to process it yourself. There's a lot of we want to make sure that the, the lack of information is not the reason you're being victimized. We want to make it all very accessible and try to make it approachable for smaller companies. Very well said. Chet, thank you so much for taking time to share your insight with me today. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm always happy to have a chat. Again, we've been discussing the evolution of blended threats. I've been speaking with Chester Wisniewski, Principal Research Scientist with Sophos. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.